He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. This is the Locker Room Guys brought to you by Chad's Pizza. Today we have the Pac-12 breakdown, and nothing goes better than Pac-12 football with Chad's Pizza. Um, the thing is, Pac-12 games that are on super late at night, where are you going to be super late at night? Obviously, Chad's, and you're going to be eating good food, drinking good drinks, and watching great football. It's Pac-12, very excited for it. We actually have Jake uh, Hermson along with us. For uh, this episode, huge Oregon fan. Got to give you credit. Um, I imagine the majority of your life you've been called a bandwagon. But, I mean, just from me talking to you and then your roommates too, you're like a fucking Oregon diehard. So, like, having you on, it's nice to have you on. Oh, no, <laughs> thanks for having me. I'd love to talk some Oregon with you. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, should we just jump right into Oregon? I think yeah. so, yeah. You want to cook? Yeah, I could just <laughs> maybe groundwork a little bit. Joey, give, Joey, give us your, like, the intro. Okay, to yeah. Team. Like you... Yeah, so Oregon, um, they're, I think they're second favorites. You're either tied for second or third behind Washington. But, yeah, Dan Landing, your coach, um, one of Kirby Smart's predecessors, whatever you want to fucking call it, had a great year last year. Uh, brought in Bo Nix, kind of revived his career. Um and like all of all I've been seeing with Oregon is just great things as far as transfers, all that. The biggest problem with your team last year, obviously we're gonna say this with a lot of Pac twelve teams, it was the defensive side of the ball, not being able to get to the quarterback. And now you brought in a bunch of guys to help with that. And then also on the other hand, you're got like I like to compare you guys in Washington a lot, but like the difference between Washington is that they just have this unreal receiving group, all that. You guys just went to fucking town in the portal, got great talent, and then um, you're fucking returning. What's his name? Uh, wide receiver. Oh, Troy Bonnick. Franklin. Yeah, Troy Franklin. And he's <laughs> he's uh, supposed to be like he's a potential first-round pick. So, I mean, you guys have like three, four super solid targets. Um, can't wait to see the ball get thrown all around. But, yeah, I – I'm gonna have a real good time watching Oregon this year. Uh, Joey, they're second. They're three to one to win the conference behind USC. Yeah, just so you know, Jake, you go because you know more than us. Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely get the comparison with them and Washington. I mean, just both great offenses, and then their defense kind of shit. But I think for Oregon, when you look at them, obviously they have everything on offense. They got obviously Bo Nix. They got great running backs. Great receivers, great. They got, honestly got some really good transfer receivers to come in, kind of fill the void because Dante Thornton left and Chase Cota graduated. So I think they filled that nice. Yeah, you got uh, Treshawn Holden from Alabama, Gary Bryant from USC, and then you got uh, Bo Nix's um, adopted brother oh, yeah. um, from Troy. And what I heard about him too is that he's like was like 
one of Troy's best players on their team last year. So even to have him as like a fourth option, that's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, like in the spring game, he caught like a slant and broke it for for like an eighty yard touchdown. It was honestly electric. <laughs> but uh, I think the main focus on offense would be like the O line. We lost, I think, our whole offensive line. We had some really good young pieces, like some. I mean, some players who started a couple games for us got some transfers, so I feel like they handled that well. But, I mean, obviously the defense is more of the concern. I think, obviously, our pass rushing is, like, where it starts last year. Like, we sucked. Just playing out, we were awful. I think, like, 12 sacks all year. I think they brought in some really good edges. We uh, we got Mateo Uyungle is his name. Yeah. I, yeah. I probably butchered that, but. He was like a five-star for most of the cycle. Brought in Jordan Birch, a transfer from USC, who had a pretty good freshman year. He was like a five-star coming out of high school. So I think like on the edge and like in a little bit in the interior, we got that like we could be a lot better this year, depending on how they play. Linebacker, like complete overhaul. We lost Noah, Sewell, Justin Flo. Um, but we did keep Jeff Bassa, probably like our worst linebacker, honestly, but <laughs> For the most part, we got Justin Jacobs as a transfer. We have a safety moving down to linebacker. He he jacked himself up this season. He looks like a completely different person this offseason. But also, we got, I mean, we got a few transfers from, uh, for safeties. We got, like, Evan Williams, who was the brother of our safety last year. Uh, and then Tysheem Johnson, I think, is the exciting one. He's probably, like, everywhere has him projected to start. He's, like, yeah, I think he was a four-star transfer grade. I didn't check that, but... Yeah, he was a really good transfer for us. Yeah. And then cornerback, yep. I think we d- we didn't do a whole lot in cornerback. We just hoping our young b- guys are going to develop because, I mean, I don't remember us bringing in any good transfers. Well, that's the thing, too, with uh, Christian Gonzalez, like, being, like, the guy on your secondary. The biggest problem with your secondary, though, is just you couldn't get to the quarterback. But now that you're bringing in guys to help out with that, that's going to help your secondary out just a shit ton. Exactly. Like, if our front seven is a lot better, like, our our secondary is going to be able to operate at a high level. I mean, it, it's all with the front seven, and especially with Dan Lanning. He's a big linebacker guy at Georgia. Like, had a bunch of dudes he just took under his wing, and that front seven was, I mean, it was unbeatable. So, I mean, if he can just bring in his own players this second year, which I think was the problem, just didn't have a bunch of guys that fit his scheme defensively. If we can get more guys for that, I think we could be really so- – like, we could get a lot more stops than we did last year, which is going to be the key in this conference because there's great offenses everywhere. It's just who's going to be able to get those couple extra stops per game, take away a few points. Definitely. Well said right there. That was very well said. Um, But to the betting side of Oregon, <laughs> uh, it's kind of what I do here. Uh, Like I said there, plus 300. To win the conference, I don't think it's bad at all, considering uh, they do, I think, have a – you have a quarterback that can contend, which obviously every team does, though, it feels like in this conference. but Every single that. team. I still you need that to win. Yeah, so I – and I'm talking top to bottom pretty yeah. much. Yeah, Maybe there's other than Callum Sanford. <laughs> yeah, so – like, or you can get them 40-1 to 1 to win the national championship, but that's just – I don't know if you really want to do that because I just – I don't know. Um, what was I gonna say? I think yeah, they're a very good comparison with Washington, but I think the only difference is Bo Nix compared to um, uh, Michael Penix. I don't like Michael Penix. Such a hater. And um, but I can't get the Indiana days out of my mind. And it's not a bad, it's not a hating thing. It's like I've seen very bad Michael Penix before, so I never know if that's gonna come back. No, 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 no. Bo Nix, 
is a beast. Today, I no the white James Winston. I hate you said I hate Michael Penix. You said that no, okay, because you know why I hate him is because I've seen him play terrible football at Indiana. Do you hate him? Not last year. Last year, last year he was number one in the power five. Number one in the power five in passing. Yeah, how was he at Indiana? So we're one to one. How was he at Washington Um, last year? They lost lost their offense coordinator. Bonex at Auburn wasn't Um, very good. Yeah. yeah, he was, but he wasn't like he was good, better than Michael Penix. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah they were both inconsistent. Uh, kind of the same story. Anywho, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say because <laughs> we got off the rails here. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Dan Lane, the thing with Dan Lane is, uh, he's a, he's a defensive guy, so obviously his first year at Oregon maybe wasn't there, but. Now he has time to settle in. He's going to get the transfers. He's going to get guys that fit a defensive system that he likes because that's what he literally was at Georgia. They had the best defense in the country for a couple of years, at least top five in the country for a couple of years that he was really known there. So that's the difference in this conference. You look at every team in the conference, they should all get better at defense, you would think. But I, I trust Oregon to be the best out of it because of their head coach is the defense that he was the guy that built the mo- – a monster at or at uh, Georgia. So uh, Mel Tucker, like Mel Tucker was right before him, right? Because Kirby was, Smart, was he Georgia? Kirby Smart's putting Mel out Tucker. like great coaches. Yeah, Mel coaches. Tucker, yeah, Mel Tucker was Bama, but was he Georgia too? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe, maybe, but Dan Lane literally built the the best front seven you could possibly think of. Yeah, pretty much. Like he had yeah. it. Like, it's unbelievable. Like like Jake said earlier. So that's what I really like about Oregon. And I think they're getting really undervalued. Everyone's talking about Washington. Everyone's talking, obviously, USC, Utah in that conference. There's yeah, so many sleeper teams. Oregon State. I haven't heard a single person on online at all say anything about Oregon, and they're second favorite to win the conference. Honestly, I so like I feel like that, that Vegas. I feel like there's every, someone with Vegas. You go, Jake. Yeah. I feel like every time, like we get hyped up, like every time we get hyped up, we lose like the next game. So if we get hyped up in the <laughs> offseason, I think we're just gonna have like a shit season. Right. So going going off that. Week two is a massive game at yeah, Texas, Texas Tech because Texas Tech oh, is yeah. one of those sleeper teams. And the line's already out. It's Oregon minus three, which is – if you're an Oregon fan like you are, Jake, it's kind of scary. You're, I know you're going, you're going to Texas Tech and you're a three-point favorite. Yeah. And I don't know what you guys are in the – probably preseason, probably top 15, maybe even top 10. I'd I don't know. the 15. Uh, so, so that's scary being only a three-point favorite this early against Texas Tech who is showing a lot of promise. But, but I like Oregon. But – I mean, Logan talked about today. They always they'll beat a good team. They'll lose some game that they just shouldn't lose, and yeah. that's just how Oregon's always been the last few years. Ever they since they lost Mariota, I feel like they always do that. It's always usually, play. like one of the Arizona schools. Every time, it's awful. Yeah. I would had that early in the year so like last this year, year with Washington State, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. So like this year, you go, you're at wa- the toughest games. You're at Washington, at Utah, home against USC, home against Oregon State. I got like right here, so. You got two favorite. If you can get past Washington, Utah, maybe split that. Yeah. Beat Texas Tech. So you're one loss going home against USC. That's a, you're in a good spot. I like this and at home. We've always home, been a good home, home football team. Yeah, I think exactly. Oregon, like in the Pac-12, outside of like Utah and Oregon, there's not that much like home field advantage. I feel like if that makes sense. Right. But like definitely. you two, like you're the only right. two schools who have like a distinctive like you don't want to go to their place. Washington's kind of that way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The California schools, yeah. no, not at all. 
And then, like, uh, there's even a line out for the USC-Oregon game already, which is bizarre. Obviously, means nothing right now. But it has Oregon favored as of right now. I know it's the beginning of the season, but that's still something to think. Like, you're home against USC preseason. If you can get to that game with a one-loss, one, one loss, maybe undefeated season, you, it, it's in your hands to win that conference. Yeah, pretty much, honestly. That that Texas Tech game, though, I, I think that's huge for us. Like, that's the exact, like, perfect game you'd want to play. Like, they're not like an Ohio State or, like, a Georgia, like we got smacked last year, but they, they're a good, beatable team that, you know, people respect. Like, they like they get a ranking. Like, they respect them. They're a good football team. But, like, it's winnable for us, for sure. Yeah, Texas Tech, it, they're a super sneaky team this year, especially having Oregon, like, come to Lubbock. Like, I think that that's, like, one of the scariest games in your schedule. Like, you obviously know at the end of the day you have to play all the rest of the guys in your division. But, yeah, fuck. I mean, we got, like Luke said, like, we won't know what Texas Tech is till I mean, gets – to that fucking week but yeah that's i don't know that's a scary game interesting fact uh texas tech's quarterback actually used to start for in covid year oh revenge game yeah but, um, uh, there is not there's not much for me to say about oregon after all of that yeah. uh, besides that i really like bo Nix for heisman i like the odds on it it's plus 1800 which i like and i think obviously we did at the end of last year he was a heisman candidate that's all I got is that Bo Nix is really good. That's what this conference is going to come down to. Basically, one of these quarterbacks, there's like four quarterbacks could that could win Heisman in this conference. And I think whoever is the best quarterback, I'm that's going to be the team I think that's going to win it. So that's who I would pick to win it, whoever you think the best quarterback is going to be. But there's not much for me to say. You guys literally said absolutely everything in and out, defense and offensively. So No, you're totally right, though. I mean – Bo Nix is going to be one of them guys who just fills up a stat sheet every single night. And, yeah, I mean, getting that out of a Heisman, like let's say Oregon does just, you know, win, like, a ton of those games. Like, yeah, he'll be right there, you know, when it comes to selection, or like when they have their ceremony or whatever. It all, yeah. it all comes down to the quarterback off your point, too, because, I mean, we were undefeated then, well, other than the Georgia game, but then Bo Nix got hurt. We lost some games that we definitely shouldn't have lost. Uh Caleb Williams, he got hurt there for a while. They weren't the same team. And, like, Cam Rising, he was hurt all year. And Utah, I don't know, they just didn't feel like Utah last year. You know what I mean? That's a really good point, Jake. The Bo Nix getting hurt last year. Like, you guys were rolling oh, yeah, until that, I felt him. like. So, like, that's that's a point I feel like people forget with uh, the Bo Nix era here at, at Oregon. So, in, like, that first game just, like, sticks with people for some reason because they just got shit stomped by a good Georgia team, but it's not they fair. picked like it right back up. A co- like a new coach era, but I get it. Right. It's just, yeah. I even forget about that, that Bo Nix got hurt last year. So it's like weird. They were probably, I mean, obviously season plays out, how it plays out and who knows Bo Nix uh, and like Oregon goes on and wins some of those games. They maybe they lose. You never know. Yeah. But they had a really good shot of making that pack. Uh, 12 championship if he plays all those games i mean we were on pace to be in the playoff before he got hurt and then we just weren't the same team exactly exactly it's it especially if you're a team that doesn't have good defense like the whole and you you mentioned usc you mentioned utah if you don't have a good defense and you lose a heisman candidate quarterback you're kind of screwed because you're pretty much banking on your quarterback balling out putting up 35 40 points a game and if you lose that you're kind of 
you're put in a really bad position. And obviously it happened with every team in the Pac-12, though, so we can't just say Oregon, but The thing is, tough. Like, he, he was still playing too, though. Like, he just was, like, he was, like, a step below. And then, like, it's honestly, right, it's yeah, be, yeah, which right. quarterback makes that big jump this year, I think, is who's going to win the Pac-12. Absolutely. Like, someone's got to get a lot better. Some might not get better. It's going to come down to who gets better. Should we hop into USC? Yeah. All right, sweet. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, USC, they're the favorite to win the Pac-12. Um, Lincoln Riley comes in last year, brings Caleb Williams with him, and I don't think a lot of people, like, understand how fucking good Caleb Williams is. I didn't even until, like, I was researching USC. Um, it's, like, honestly fucking crazy what he does. Like, I, you don't want to compare a guy to Patrick Mahomes, but, like, the off-platform fucking throws he makes – like even like the dog he has in him, just like talking shit and everything. Like he, like some of the throws he'd make are just so fucking stupid and unfair. Like I was getting pissed off watching him just because I know like I will never have a quarterback like that in my life. Like I think even last year, like if he could get drafted, he would have went number one. And obviously, he's a favorite to win Heisman again this year. Um, he is projected to be the number one pick. Like Caleb Williams is just fucking unreal especially in the Lincoln Riley system. Um, and like, that being said, too, like, they lose four of their top six targets, but all they do is just go to the portal and just dominate, get, like, some of the best guys you can fucking ask for. They even beefed up their running game big time. They got uh, South Carolina's lead back from last year. Um, yeah, like, USC, they weren't a running football team last year. Simply, from what I understood, it's because they didn't really, like, have options. But, yeah, now – Put a running game into it now too but obviously the thing with usc it's their defense and from everything i've been reading it's usc did the most to upgrade their defense than any other team in the pac-12 so that's why i still like have a hard time picking another team to win this conference just because i mean usc was right there last year they just got this much better on defense got a new uh, defense coordinator i believe um it I don't know. Everything looks great for USC right now. Yeah. So you can get them 190 to win the conference, which, I mean, it's not, it's not bad if you really think about it because they do have Kev Williams there. They still have Lincoln Riley. Like, that's what he does, just produces winning quarterbacks, winning football teams. Uh, going to Kev Williams, you get five, five, 550 to win the Heisman. Also not bad. He's obviously a clear favorite to go back-to-back. It's hard to go back-to-back. But a, if anyone's going to do it, it's a Lincoln Riley quarterback. Like we're really, if we're being honest here, uh, and then national championship, sixteen to one. And then will they make? I like will they make the playoffs? I think they do. Uh, just because I do think they win the conference. I mean, we'll get to that later. I'll probably pick a different team when we do that. But it's Caleb Williams, it's Lincoln Riley, and their defense obviously gets a lot better. Like, how do you not believe in that team? They were so good last year. They dropped two games to the same Utah team and that's really really the reason they didn't make the playoffs. They win that they win that championship game they make in with the loss. So it's tough. The conference is super tough. But it's just hard to bet against these guys. Um Lincoln Riley, Kill Williams, it's impossible to be have confidence in picking someone else almost it feels like. No, this um offense that they're going to have is going to be one of the one of the better offenses we've seen. And, like, obviously it's, like, the Bamas and stuff like that and, like, the LSU team. But Caleb Williams is 
was a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Like they already say he's a better prospect than all those guys going into it. Like nobody said Mahomes was because Mahomes wasn't the best prospect going in. He just ended up being one of the best players of all time. Caleb Williams already is that. And if, like you just said, if there's any guy who ever is going to go back-to-back Heisman, I mean, there probably has been already, I'm guessing, but if someone's going to do it again, it's going to be Caleb Williams. He is the best quarterback by far in this conference. And that's saying something. If he's by far, I think I think he's by far the best because Bo Nix, yeah, he might be more fun, exciting kind of. Not even more exciting. He's just more easier to root for, I would say. And like the Penix, like these guys are kind of like underrated guys who just put up points. But Caleb Williams is – one of the better, one of the best quarterbacks we'll see in college football for a long time. He's like literally arguably the best prospect, like I just said. And I, I see them winning this conference just because of him. Like I, Lincoln Riley too. Defense, I don't know what their defense. If it'll be better, if it won't. If yeah, their defense be... gets even, yeah. If their defense even gets a little bit better, this whole team's gonna be better. Like they're gonna be. It's their conference to lose. And like you said, plus two hundred for a team with that quarterback, that offense, that coach. It's like to win the conference. I even like that because my FanDuel it's plus two hundred. Luke's was one ninety. I might even take that just because two hundred for a team that that's good that that is that good is unbelievable. Like I am so I'm so on this team. Obviously, a lot of people are because they're really fucking good. But well, what I think is fucking unbelievable is Caleb Williams. He had the longest streak out of all quarterbacks last year without throwing an interception. And when you watch Caleb Williams play, you would think he's just like a gunslinger and just trusts his arm to just put the ball where the fuck he wants. But it's like not the case. And we were talking earlier about how like devastating like turnovers can be in the Pac-12 when there's fucking no defense at all. Like your offense has to perform like every single drive. And uh, they were USC was number one in the nation in fewest turnovers on offense. Like that's. I think that's the reason why they were as good as they were last year. I mean, if they do the same too, especially with the running game, like that, I don't know. Like I just keep talking to myself in the USC every time fucking bring up another point about them. If going back to the betting side, if you're going to take them, don't take them to win the conference, take them to make the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Right. Make the plus two fifty. win the conference is plus one ninety. Be smart. They win their, they win the pack 12. They're making the playoffs. Pack 12 is that good this year. Obviously, last year that didn't happen, but I this year everyone knows who each of these teams are. Everyone knows who these quarterbacks are. They go in, they get in one loss. They might get in two losses just because you know something about these teams going in. So they'll be fine if they win the conference. They're gonna win the. They're gonna make the playoffs. So I'd take two fifty over. Uh, honestly, with any of these top like four teams we're gonna talk about, if you think they're gonna win the conference, just take them to make the playoffs. A good point. I think yeah, whoever gets out of this conference has to have a playoff bid. You would think unless it's I mean, total maybe cannibalization. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but at the same time, like USC was a game away from doing that last year. Like they lost that championship game. Kill Williams got hurt in the championship game, played through it. But I don't know. I just feel like it's a smarter investment to just throw a little, like throw the same amount of money, maybe even a little less, on just to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Thing with USC too, they 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 play at Oregon and they play at Notre Dame. I mean that that'll be must see television. But other than that, they have UCLA, Washington, and Utah all at home. That's a huge fucking advantage. Like getting to play Utah at home compared to last year, like that's I think that'll be enough on its own. Just put them over the edge. Like going on the road to Utah is impossible to win at. I don't think I think it's two and a half years they haven't lost at home. It's like something it's fucking something like crazy. That. But Oregon got their shit pushing in Oregon last, <laughs> yeah. or in Utah last time they played there. It was awful. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, anything else on USC? Nope. All right, we'll go to Washington. So, uh, yeah, Washington, Miles Penix last year, late 74, he led the Power Five in passing last year. Um, when you look at wide receiver rankings, it goes to two guys from Ohio State, then it goes to two guys from Washington, and it's uh, J- Jalen McMillan and Roma, Roma Dunze. These two are fucking unbelievable. Like, last year, it was just big play after big play. Like, watching Michael Penix just literally throw it as far as he can and then see them guys come down with it, it's like just hilarious. Um, at Washington's a team, too, that I like defensively this year. They, they got a couple NFL, like, a hand, little handful uh, like of NFL guys on their defense to help out, like Braylon Trice, their defensive end. He's supposed to be a first-round kind of draft pick. Um, but, yeah, the this Washington offense is another one of those offenses just fucking like unstoppable and just matter of the defense. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of all you need to know with these top teams in the um, Pac-12. Yeah, we said earlier, whoever makes most plays on defense, I feel like we're going to win a lot of these games. Uh, 320 to win the conference. Not, but like, that's another thing. You know, I think they're like 600 to make the, or maybe, 700, 800 to uh, make the playoffs. Take him to make the playoffs if you think they're going to be that good. If you think Michael Penix is going to be the guy, take him to the Heisman because I bet if he wins the conference, this conference and makes the playoffs, he's going to be at New York with a very, very good shot to win the Heisman. So, I that's a oh, I, these, I'm going to say it again. These quarterbacks, if you're in on a team, one of these teams to win their conference, go all in on their quarterback, probably win the Heisman and just make the playoffs. I feel like it's not a bad idea. There's obviously a lot of guys out there in other conferences, but these quarterbacks are going to put up numbers. So do that what do with that what you will. I just don't – it's it's nothing – like, I'm going to say again, I know I said, like, I don't like him, but it's just something about I can't um, buy into him just because I just remember like, – I don't know if you guys ever had this with any team or any player ever. I just – I can't get that out of my head of how mm-hmm. bad he was at Indiana. I understand he was unbelievable last year. But in the back of my head, it still is in there. Like, God damn, he was horrible at Indiana. And every time he plays, it's like, I don't know. He probably won't go back to it. He'll probably be a top 10 quarterback easily. Obviously, that's what he was last year. But just something about it, I can't get my graphs, get your grasp on it, like, to really buy into this guy. And I don't know. Maybe I'll probably be wrong. I don't care. I was definitely wrong last year about him. I thought he was going to be terrible, but whatever. And they did. They lost their offense coordinator, like I said. Maybe that hurts, but probably not because these defenses are not going to be that strong. And you got unbelievable weapons, so I don't think it's really going to matter. He'll be good. I just, I'm just not a guy that can buy into him right now. I just can't. I mean, I felt the same way last uh, season, and I saw him play one time. And I mean, they they throw the ball like 40, 50 times with him. Yeah. And he he does not make a mistake with that ball. It is, it's something else to watch. And I hated him, but I mean. He's unreal. That fucking yeah, game go- against Oregon was unbelievable. One of the best games of the season last year. Didn't make a single mistake. Oh, yeah. Go back to our TikTok when I did bet week one uh, picks, and I took Kent State, I think, to cover like 24. And my reasoning is like, look at Washington's quarterback. It's Michael Penix. <laughs> and at the time, that was not a bad take because, oh, my God, was he bad at Indiana. So I was all – and ever since that, I was like, I'm just out on him because I, I don't want to – I can't like every quarterback in this conference. I already like two or three of them, and I'm like, I'm not got to be out on one of them. So it's gonna be him. Yeah, um, like I've said, this is quarterback quarterback conference. 
But it's going to come down to, obviously, this is going to sound stupid, but it's going to be when Utah, Oregon, like USC, all of them play each other. And it's going to come down to where it's being played at, all that. And they have USC on the road, but they get Oregon at home and they get um, Utah at home. So it's like they have kind of advantage there because you drop one to USC, I guess. But they have probably the best when it comes to wide receivers and quarterback. Like all together, they have the best of that. But I think the other teams like Oregon, I think Oregon and um, USC are overall better. And let's not forget about Utah has just won this conference two times in a row, but we'll talk about them after this. But I will say week four, no, one, two, three, week five, they play Arizona. Well, Arizona is going to beat them. <laughs> I, love Arizona. It. Wow. I love it. Um, but yeah, Logan, same- Logan, you brought up a great point though. Um, having all those guys at home, I mean, that's fucking crazy. Like that they said the one time that uh, the Washington will be a dog is that game in USC. Like other than that though, Washington, like getting all them guys at home, like if they I mean perform the way that they should, I don't really see them being like underdogs in any of those games. And this is going to sound weird, but USC on the road might be the best one you want on the road because then you just take that loss. You just take the loss yeah. and pray that – because he's obviously the favorite. They're going to be the best team probably in all these games. So, like, USC, say USC goes undefeated in this conference or maybe has one loss. You drop one to USC, and that's your only loss, but you beat the other two because you get them at home. It's going to help you out in the long run. So then you'll get that chance for the Pac-12 championship. Then you win that goes even then you have another chance of getting in also not to mention USC Honestly, is definitely the easiest place to play out like out of any of the good teams in this conference yeah it's fair that point. too like that atmosphere it's not I, it's not intimidating i think uh honestly like i think it comes down this conference is going to come down to who loses that who gets upset like you're yeah. gonna, someone's going to drop a game or two to bad team and of these top four teams we're going to talk about we'll get to utah in a second of these top four teams someone's going to one or two of them are going to lose to a bad team, and the other one or two or three are going to run the table against those teams and maybe lose a game or two to these other four. So it's I if you lose one of the – if you lose – like if they lose to Arizona early, it's almost like they're fourth, fifth in the conference. They're just running – they're not going to catch them. You're playing from behind, and it's impossible. So you got to take care of business against the bad teams and see what happens against the good teams. Take your chances. Take care of business, kick ass in these bad ones, and then hopefully ball bounces your way against these good teams and you get a good game plan and you win a game. So I think that's really what it's going to come down to, honestly. Yeah, and what he's like, how, what he was just saying, it's like, if you can just you, – all you got to do is beat two out of the three good teams that you're going to play. And then just you can't lose to one of the bad teams. If you do that, you're going to be set up for probably the Pac-12 championship. You just can't lose to a shit team. Like, they play – a Michigan State early. I know Michigan State ain't, but like it's they a team raped that like, them last year. <laughs> but like it's at Michigan State this year. Like it's something that if that happens to be a slip up game where they lose to them and Michigan State ends up not being good, you lose to them. Then you have to beat all three teams because if you slip right, once, yeah, that means you have yeah. to beat all three. It it comes down to you have the chance to go two and one, but if that doesn't happen, then you have to go three and zero. Oh, which I don't know if that's possible. Except for maybe. Well, USC I mean, they got they got the best card out of all of them because USC has to play Notre Dame, uh, Oregon has to play Texas Tech. I would fucking take Michigan State any day out of the week over those two teams. 
it's true. Yeah, they do have the best non-conference one. That won't matter though. Like come right conference for, tournament for, time. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that could be your playoff though. That yeah, could be the yep. difference in your playoff. Yeah. So, which honestly is probably a lot more important to these teams. Yeah. Because they're playing for the playoffs, not to make it your conference championship. All right, uh, Oregon State. Utah. Utah. Oh, yeah, my bad. Um, Yeah, Utah. So, I mean, yeah, going into this year again, like Utah, they're going to be looked down upon. But, I mean, they get Cam Rising back. He's going to be healthy this year. Um, losing, like, Dalton Kincaid. He was one of the leaders in the Big 12 in uh, touchdowns last year. Third other tight end they have. I don't know if you remember him, but he was fucking unbelievable. He's supposed to be, like, a great pick, too. Um, they returned, like, a ton of guys on their offense, other – then Dalton Kincaid, of course, um, lost some other guys to the draft. But the biggest problem with Utah is they have to play Florida, UCLA, Oregon at home, uh, at Baylor, Oregon State, USC, and Washington. Like that, they have like the hardest schedule in um, in the Pac-12 this year. So that's like the only reason why I'm down on Utah at all. Yeah, and I went. Down for the conference, I know what you mean, though. I think they're going to be a very good team. It's just, yeah, like their schedule is going to be a gauntlet. Um, 900, 900 to win the – to make the playoffs. Um, same thing as 600 to win, win their uh, conference turn, championship. So take that what you will. Uh, Cam Rising, 70-1. to 1, Just thought I'd mention it because he's not a flashy quarterback. He's probably not going to be a Heisman guy. They're, he's going to get enough done to win games. He's a winner, though. Like, literally, that's all he's done since he's gotten there. Since he's been there, he's a gamer. He's a winner. That's what I love about Utah is they almost feel maybe this is just me. They almost feel like they're not even a power five team for the longest time. I always felt like that, but they're always really good. Like they're always competing for really good bowl games. It's just like, it's like Utah. I don't know. Maybe it's because they get wrapped in with BYU for some reason. I don't know something about them. And there's really good. They're a really good football team. They always are. They're consistent. They're always going to be there. They play defense. Hope he's probably Exactly. Last year was probably one of their worst defensive years they've had, and they still won the conference. Like that, they're good. They they run the ball well always. They get maybe they don't. They never get the weapons. But Cam Rising is an awesome quarterback. Like I said, he's a winner. That's all that really takes in college football. If you have a guy that's going to go out and you win you games, no matter what his stats are, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Caleb Williams are going to put up numbers. Who cares? They did it last year. Utah. It's like, fuck that. I don't care. We're going to win the conference because we're the better team, and we don't care. Cam Rising is a stud. It's just what he does is win games. So that's why I'm never counting Utah out. I'm never going to say, oh, that's terrible. they're not going to win the conference. I don't care their schedule. It's Utah football, and they just play really good football, and I absolutely love it. Well, Cam I, Rising is the only quarterback in this conference that can afford to make a mistake. Yeah, because he he's not up for the high. He's good there to win games. Right. He's not there to make win the Heisman. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, exactly. They, like Utah that. doesn't rely on him. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, He's not going to be the other teams do at least. But and I know, I know, like college football, you're going to want you want to win games, but at the same time, these these players, these like Bonex and stuff, back you can't tell me the back of their heads not Heisman. Like they're thinking of it. It's a it's not a terrible take. Like they're they're thinking of it. So Cam Ryan's going to go out there, win games, going to do whatever he can to win a game, and that's literally what they did last year. They beat. Caleb Williams twice after he's talking shit online both times and he beat him. So that's just what Utah does. They've always done it. And if you tell me in whenever round 
conference tournament or playoff conference championship time that these guys are in it, I'm not I'm not gonna be surprised at all. I think they're like a team where going into every year you won't know a tremendous amount about them. No, you know, like we obviously we know Cam Rising, we know like how they play, but you won't ever know like a lot about them. So they'll fly into the radar. They'll like have a good record, and then like last exactly what happened last year. Had a good record. Had a good. Everybody knew the quarterback. Nobody like really knew some key players on like the offense really. But then all of a sudden, they beat USC, and then they get in the Pac-12 champ. Beat USC again. They went back to back titles, and nobody really thought of them. Kind of like forgot forgets about them because you're playing in a conference with USC, Oregon, and Washington who are putting up 40 points on average a game, and then there's a team like Utah who can just pop out of nowhere and just ruin a team season like they did the USC. They beat you in a different way. I think that's what's yeah. interesting about them, though. Like, they don't fit the narrative of the conference, like, yeah. flashy offenses. But I think I mentioned it to you earlier before this podcast. Like, I think I just look at them as, like, the Iowa of the Pac-12. Like, always, like, a really well-coached team. And then, like, if they get a veteran quarterback or something, like, they have this year with Rising, like, that's dangerous. And they, they could be a player anytime. Like, doesn't matter who they're playing. And the thing is, they can score. Like, they're not a score. Like, they're not one of those flashy teams. But they can score. Right, with yeah, yeah. They showed it, like. They can play different brands of football. Like if you're not, if you don't have a defense against these guys, they're gonna. That's what. That's why they won that. They got stops when they needed it most. Not saying they were an elite defense, but they got the stops that they needed, and that's literally why they won the championship. No one else could stop a lick, and they had a good enough offense to score on these shitty defenses. Well, uh, our Zoom free Zoom meetings about to be done. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the rest of the conference, we should probably be able to kind of fly by. But, uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the other end. Okay, now for Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State, for those of you who didn't know, they were a 10-win football team last year, and they upgraded their quarterback. They got DJ Uangalele and from Clemson. And just the trend of fucking transfer quarterbacks just going into new systems and then just playing out of their mind, even in the Pac-12 as it's, like, in its own right, like, maybe, I mean, DJ Uangle used to be, I think he was, like, the number one quarterback in his class. So, I mean, him going to Oregon State, they have a good system for him. And the thing with them, too, is they're, like, they were run first um, offense last year. They returned, like, a ton of their weapons. And, like, I don't think DJ has to be some fucking, like, Heisman contender for Oregon State to be good. Um, it's just that the other teams just have – way more like talent i think like not not as much as like talent but just as like big playmakers like fucking guys who just get their like true nfl players when oregon state's just like an all-around like good well-coached football team yeah they, they remind you of like uh kind of like earlier we were talking about utah that oregon state has been very underrated the last couple of years like I'm not just saying last year had a good year. They've had decent years a few times. Obviously, they've had bad teams too. But, yeah, the biggest thing is is you buy into DJ. If we're looking at quarterbacks, right, even last year, Hendon Hooker was t- not a good quarterback until he got to Tennessee. Um, we just talked about Michael Penix was not a good quarterback in Indiana. Transfers, now look how good he is. You can go on and on about these different guys that find new systems. Jane Daniels, I mean, he was good because I was saying he comes out series a second favorite in Heisman. Like that's the thing that just switching like a like even like 
guys that weren't like Heisman guys, like Adrian Martinez comes to mind. Uh, when he went, he was not good at Nebraska. They were horrible. He goes to K State and they're who's like a, winning all these games. Who's the best quarterback in college football who isn't a transfer? That's what. That's like the thing. Like, I like, honestly can't some even of these think guys, of one. So some of these guys have transferred. They didn't get chances. Like you look at Quinn Ayers. Caleb Williams was good at Oklahoma. So I'm really saying guys that were bad and people were just out on them. Bo Nix even. And then they transfer. Just need something new. Maybe the offense wasn't there. You can go on and on. I can't name a guy that went to a new team and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, right, can you yeah. give me a guy that went to a and he didn't start? Obviously, there's there's like Keen JT Daniels out there. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't. They, exactly. But they weren't really that good. No. The yeah. prior team. So it's kind of crazy that all these guys improve so much just switching the team. Because sometimes you just need to change the scenery. I love Oregon State. Obviously, this is the the big the team to be as the underdog. Everyone's picking them because why wouldn't you? You get them at, I think it's 11 to 1, 11 to 1 to win the championship. The back 12, why wouldn't you take a flyer on these guys? They're, they're going to be super under the radar. Everyone's going to talk about Washington. Everyone's going to talk about USC. Everyone's going to be Oregon, blah, blah, blah. These guys don't be surprised. They just sneak up on out of nowhere and just are a contention to win this conference. So eight and a half are over under wins. Not bad considering Utah's is eight and a half, and they were uh, I forget what they were to win the conference, but it was a lot better than 1100 is like 600. So, think about that, put that into perspective. They're the same, and the odds are so much different to win the conference. So, it's crazy, but it's Oregon State. Oregon State, I like Oregon State Oregon like rivalry because the colors are just so like different. Oh, yeah, so I love when they, they play green versus orange. It's just awesome. It so is I the love brightest green. It's the too. brightest orange. Oh, they do it every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I like colors. Basically, they always wear green versus orange, and it's like, and there's years where Oregon just beat the shit out of them because they're that bad. But then there's years where Oregon State, like last year, comes from a huge deficit and beats them. I just absolutely love it. And DJ is the guy that I feel like, like you said, they have a good run game. They have everything. They have defense. They have everything you need. And now you got a guy that is a few like as a former five-star top recruit in his class. So, like, that's obviously something to be happy about at Oregon State. I I love it. I hope they're good. I just want to root for him just because DJ, I was big on him. I feel like he got an unfair um, shot there at or- at um, Clemson. He won games. Maybe it wasn't pretty, but he won games. I always say that's probably the most important thing. So, that's why I want him to do good. Yeah, my big thing is that I'm a DJ guy, too, just because I love when people just hate on him, count somebody out, and then that's when I pick him up because then I can sound like a genius. But, like, if you look at schedule here, uh, they get Utah at home. They have Washington at home. Oregon's on the road. They don't have to play USC. So, like, they have an advantage there. I guess Oregon's going to be a tough one, obviously, because that's but that's a rivalry game. That goes anyway. It's a year-by-year thing. Like, you never know in a rivalry game. So that one's up for grabs. It's not like Oregon has a big – they obviously have the upper hand because they're at home in a rivalry. But rivalry, it doesn't – sometimes it doesn't matter where you're playing It's because it's a rivalry. So their schedule's favorable, and, like, everybody's going to sleep on them. They're going to be overlooked. I like Oregon State. I like the odds, too. It's a You put a little bit of money on that, and you're going to win something. You don't have to put a crazy amount. You don't have to put 20 just to get your money back or, like, 10 just to get double it like USC. You're only getting 20 out of that. But – I like Oregon State. I'm with Oregon State. I'm going to ride Oregon State. Well, like, and DJ. Go ahead. Go, Joe. I would say a DJ 90 to one. 
if we really think about it, people were all, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. People were in on um, him when he went to Clemson, right? They pro- people put Heisman futures on him. He wasn't good. If they if they win this conference, what's stopping him from being at New York? Like he's as a Heisman, up, he's putting up points. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's very hard. They're the fifth favorite team, but I'm just saying, like, if you really believe in Oregon State and you think like DJ has a fl- that showed him flashes, you believed in him and before he went to Clemson, you put future on him there. 90 to one. I mean, I know it's a long shot, but if you, if they win this conference, I, like it's crazy to say, but why can't he be in New York and have a chance to win the Heisman? Well, I mean, the thing is like, even if DJ is okay, like last year they did, they were like one exactly. of the only teams without a superstar quarterback and they win 10 games. Like, but I also think on the other hand though, that Oregon state, I think they're going to blow a game that they shouldn't to like a Washington state or some shit. But then they're gonna beat like one of those top three guys that we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, like we if we go to last year, um, they they let's if they don't choke that game against South Carolina at the end of the year and give up like a million points. Granted, I don't know how how they he maybe didn't play well. They're they're in the playoffs. They beat North or North Carolina. I think they play in the championship where they beat them. They're in the playoff with DJ. So I know Clemson's probably. A, lot better team around you than Oregon State. But I think Oregon State may be protecting more, especially from the media side of it. You're not going to get all that attention every single game. Like, you have to play good. So, maybe that will loosen him, loosen him up and he'll go out there, play good football, play winning football. And I don't know. You never know because like they were literally a game away from making the playoffs last year at Clemson. And everyone said DJ sucks. And he almost took a team to the playoffs. So, I mean, look, we never know. Well, and he's a West Coast kid too. He's back home. Exactly. I've, yeah, I. I don't know. I, I I thought his brother was gonna go to Oregon State because I thought they'd like team up, but I guess not. But nah, we got him. Yeah, <laughs> say they'll play against each other. I guess. I mean, the ceiling of this team could be crazy though. Like when they played Oregon last year, they beat like they came back like twenty one points, right? They didn't pass it in the fourth quarter one time. I think they had three passes in the whole second half. You give like the talents there with DJU. If like if he plays competent, this team could like it could be a force to be reckoned with because like the Pac-12 teams don't have the strength up front to deal with like a hard nosed offense like they have. I'm so happy you brought that up. I know you told me about that point earlier. That I mean that's fucking crazy. You beat Oregon 21 points down just by just cramming the fucking ball down their throat two yards in a cloud of dust. That's that's crazy. It was the most annoying game I've ever had to watch. (laughs) No, Luke always says, he goes, there's nothing more demoralizing than just getting it ran down your fucking throat over and over and over again. He just can't do nothing about it. It felt like we were playing those old Stanford teams. (laughs) Think about, think about, it's, no, it's not like the big play runs, like, oh, they're running for 10 yards. It's those, they're running for four, five yards of carry. Cause like, it's going to take, you're going to sit there and watch it for probably a eight, seven, eight minute drive just you can't do anything about it it's awful iowa knows firsthand we literally watched michigan state's last drive nine minutes they raced off the clock and lj scott ran it right down our fucking throat and they beat us in the big 10 championship is crazy there's nothing more to more i'd rather see a team just pick you apart and score in th- a minute or two than just take out seven minutes and score a touchdown you're like jesus christ we have to score if we go three and out they get the ball back they're gonna do the same damn thing and the game's over yeah, like it's that, just it's the worst thing in the world. That Oregon Washington game last year, like 
I know we lost, but it was fun to watch. The offenses were great. Like, and then when that when that happens, they just run it down your throat. It, it seems like it always happens. Like it's just three and out, and then you're back to watching it for another ten minutes straight. And you're just watching like we can't do anything to stop these guys. It's like it, drowning versus getting shot in the head. Yeah, it's exactly what Logan said. Logan, that's you can think of something better. It's just death by a million paper cuts is what they like. It's crazy. I don't know. Uh, should we hop into UCLA? Well, yes. I heard she just moved to LA. I think she goes there. Maybe drives Maserati. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Chip fucking Kelly. Shout out EDP. Actually, no, don't shout out EDP. But uh, DTR is gone. He's now a Cleveland Brown, you know, hanging out with another creep. That's kind of weird how that all kind of circled around. But anyway, um, Dante Moore. <laughs> He's ranked the number five quarterback in the nation. He's a freshman. Um, I think he's expected to win this job, but they have Ethan Garbers somewhere and then some other guy from Kent State because Kent State's entire roster went to different went to a different school this year. But anyway, uh, Zach Charbonnet, like the NFL player, fucking with Seahawks now. He left and their three top receivers are gone. But Chip Kelly absolutely annihilated this fucking uh, – transfer portal i just don't know i it's not going to be enough to be competitive i don't think but i mean dante moore obviously i think he should be a great quarterback maybe not as a freshman but still against fucking pac-12 defenses could be fireworks but uh they get this guy from ball state and he ran for 1500 fucking yards last year and his name is carson Steele. and i watch his highlights and he's literally danny woodhead jr and he's he's just a fucking white dude bowling ball and yeah he's fun to watch but um i was like listening to what like chip kelly's whole like offensive scheme is and it's literally just run the ball as much as you can and like just fast paced though it's weird it's like a no huddle but like you run the ball a lot it's so fucking weird but i mean considering it's pac 12 like you can get away with it and yeah, I don't know. UCLA, they're they're just weird football team, but I think it could be fun to watch. Yeah, the Chip Kelly thing is so strange because, yeah, like you said, like all those years at Oregon, even UCLA, they're known for like high power offense, right? Like DTR, go crazy, Mariota, Kenyon Barner, but that's when the Kenyon Barner and the D. Anthony Thomas come into play. It's not just slinging the ball around the around the yard; they're running a lot. But it's like quit. It's fast. It's really weird. Like you, you explained it perfectly. And I like Dante more. He's I think he's a stud. Um, he fits perfectly in like a offense like that. He's a freshman. It's gonna be so hard to compete as a freshman against these every single quarterback ahead of you. Is been there, done that. Hi, They're man. all going to the the elite the NFL next year, more than likely. So it's like you got Heisman guys. It's going to be so hard. Like, how are you going to compete with this? It's going to be nearly impossible to come as a freshman and compete with these guys, which that's what that's the biggest setback again with UCLA. And I just can't see anything, like you said, happening with them. I think they'll be fun. Yeah. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be fun. Yeah. They're going to be an upset watch team, I feel right. like, just because of the Kelly. You got a good coach. You got a talent, talented freshman quarterback. But yeah, it's just like, to compete with these quarterbacks. I'm not even talking about the guys ahead of him. We're talking about like, some of the quarterbacks behind him, like the Cameron Ward, I think it is, at Washington State. Yeah, he got yeah. 
Um, Shadow Sanders, like every team in this conference, except for, like we said earlier, like two teams have a, a veteran quarterback. So it's going to be so hard to win as a freshman quarterback. But I, I'm excited. I think USLA plays a fun, fun brand of football, and Chip Kelly does too. So we never know. But it's always funny when UCLA is good at football because, like, it just doesn't feel right. I can't wait but, until they're in the Big Ten. Going into, like, this episode, I didn't really know too much about them besides they lost one of my favorite quarterbacks, DTR. That's about it. Uh, it's a true freshman. It's either going to be awesome. It's going to be – actually, it's going to be – no, that wouldn't have made any sense. But, yeah, I hope he's good just because then there's another quarterback we're, we're like, cheering for him. We get to watch. Because if he's good, then we have 20 good quarterbacks in this conference. I – um. Shout out to the UCLA USC game because they're like one of the only rivalries that does the USC is going to wear their red, UCLA is going to wear their blue. Chris versus Bloods in LA. What's probably, what's better than that? Probably the best like team on uh, Oregon Oregon State's up there. Like two teams wearing their jerseys. It's it's just like classic. It's, it looks so good, and I love it. Uh, should we hop into Washington State? Yeah, all right. Cameron Ward is all you have to know about Washington State. Um, I really don't have to go any farther than that. He's like a dual-threat quarterback. Um, he can just run around and make plays. But at the end of the day, Washington State, they're, the rest of their team is not going to be able to put up with the Big 12. Pac-12, yeah. My bad, um, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Cameron, the Cameron Ward's a lot of fun though. Yeah, he's like, so like much you said, fun. He's yeah. a lot of fun. And they are the scrappiest team in in the pack every year, maybe in the whole entire country. They just they're gonna make it hell. Like they're gonna be on upset watch. They're a team that's every time you play them, like especially at Washington State, it's upset watch. It doesn't matter who they have. They just like feel like they have that aurora. Is that what the right word? Aura. Aura around them. It literally, they just Aura. are Aura always, Aura. yeah, shut up. Northern Lights? They're always like, <laughs> they're always a scary team to go and play because they're not good, but they're not bad ever. They're always just right there in the middle. They have talent, usually at quarterback, and it's like, fuck, dude, I don't know, like, what was his name? Luke Falk? I think his first name was Luke Nick, maybe? Nick Falk? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I'm saying names now. He was a stud. Gardner Minshew. They're always like that. Gardner Minshew. They just have like these guys that make plays in random games. Like even last year, they had Oregon on the ropes. Yeah, I think they'd Washington, maybe not Washington. They had another team in that conference on the ropes too. It's like shit. There's a pest. I, if you're a Pac-12 team, Jake, maybe you can test this. They're probably one of those teams you just hate to play or hate to see. Yeah, it's it's them. And historically, like Arizona, Arizona State, and Washington State, they're just they can pull out these slimy wins and just like it gets there. It's it's just annoying. Like you look on them on your schedule, you're like, ah, we better we better get that because if we don't, we're we're done for. The amount of times I'm looking at lines and like games, like going through the slate for betting, and you just see Washington State at home, and it's like a double digit dog against like one of these one of those good teams. You're like, fuck, dude, I. I always like think about taking it. It's just like, that's just who they are. And when you, when you do it and you hit it, you're like, God, I'm a genius because that was a good bet. Washington state is a scrappy team. Like they always are. And I don't know. I always see that name and I just want to bet on them. Yeah. I mean, schedule wise though, they're away for every good team. Yeah. They, 
UCLA on the road. They're on the road. Uh, Oregon, they're on the road. Uh, Washington, they're on the road. But they do play Wisconsin, and they're at home. Second game, new coach. Don't just remember that. But, um, yeah, good quarterback. Very fun, exciting, but they lost their top four receivers. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. So, <laughs> reload. Yep. They don't rebuild at Washington State. They reload. Yeah, Washington State. <laughs> um, the next team is California. Oh, I have no idea how the fuck they are because I think California is a second, maybe, probably third worst team in this conference. But they have their quarterback's name is Sam Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. So if you know how dangerous that motherfucker is, and if it translates at all, maybe maybe uh California has their guy on their hands, but I don't think this Sam Jackson's gonna be <laughs> worth a fuck. No, I got nothing on Cal. I know they, they somehow just pull quarterbacks out of their ass though. Maybe it's just living in Cal, Cal like Cali and you're like Okay, I'm not USC. I'm not UCLA guy. I'm just going to Cal, like California. Fuck it. But yeah, I got nothing on them. Honestly, they just every sport they play, I feel like it's just not football, not a sports. This offense um, will score more than their basketball team will. I would hope so. Their basketball team is so bad, Watch and it. maybe that Watch <laughs> maybe that carries over to football. I don't know. Why I'm wasting time on these guys. Next. All right. Uh, fucking Arizona. Okay, let me get up there. Oh, yeah. Jane Delora, another just name you need to know. Really fun quarterback to watch. Uh, they upset UCLA when they were ranked 12th last year. Um, and they stuck in, like, a ton of games. So Arizona is, like, one of those teams that people are, like, looking at, like, shit, maybe they're back. And, you know, maybe they're building something here. Um, I think they're definitely better in Cal, but yeah, I mean, they're just not on that, you know, not on the level with the other teams we're talking about. Um, yeah, Dolores is a stud and they're just like Washington state. Like, like Jake said too, uh, Arizona's one of those scrappy teams that you're scared of their past over there. So they're over on FanDuel four and a half wins is minus one seventy six. You, I don't think I've seen a team. I haven't really looked a ton on over under wins this year, but 176 is crazy as a, as a, um, like it, usually it's like plus money or maybe you get 145. I think Utah's was 145 or not Utah. Who were we talking about last week? Red. Whatever. Houston? I forget. Red. No, it was not Houston. It was. Shit, I forget. Pac twelve or Big Twelve team? No, it was it was it was the it was ACC. Um, NC State. They oh. were seven and a half, eight and a half, something like that. And there was like one forty five. I thought that was bad. One seventy six. Over. I think maybe we're trying to tell us something. Um, Logan's got their schedule here, so I guess we'll find out really what that could mean. But I was gonna about to take it until I saw minus one seventy six. I don't know why Arizona's my Missouri. I am so in on Arizona to have six wins, but um, look, look, like look at this. Washington, they're at home. USC on the road, beat down. They're gonna get their ass kicked. 
Uh, Washington State on the road, that hurts. But Oregon State, they're at home. UCLA, they're at home. Utah, they're at home. There's one thing, though. They lost literally every single one of their good players except for their quarterback to USC in the transfer portal this year. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. they did. You're right. That's not true. They're winning one of those home games. I like just feel like <clears throat> they have it. it. They have a lot of them. It's the oh, Washington. Yeah, you said this Washington game. You, I mean, you. It sucks. They only have two non-conference games that they're gonna win, and then they get right into conference play. It's gonna be very tough because they get Northern Arizona. Then they're at Mississippi State. They're not going to beat them probably. And then they're home against UTEP, and then they start conference play. So maybe it's not four and a half, but, I mean, you really look at – if you go back and, like, really look at it, maybe you'll find some wins in there that they can win. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they, but you're right. They literally lost every single one of their good players to USC. So uh, that's just who Arizona I think is going to be. They're just going to be a factory for they're other the, the minor teams league baseball the team for – Yep. Yep. NBA G League affiliate. Absolutely. Uh, Arizona State. They got Jake's guy, Kenny Dillingham, offense coordinator from Oregon. Um, the fan base is going fucking crazy over this. Every time I like went to research Arizona State, like they were just talking about like how good of the job they think he's doing. But uh, they just got Jaden Rashada, five-star quarterback. They also got Drew Pine from uh, Notre Dame and uh, their guy who filled in for Emory Jones last year, Trent Borgett. Um, they went three and nine last year, but one of those wins was against Washington. So I love how we're at the bottom of this conference right now. And I just brought up an Arizona team that beat a number 12 ranked UCLA. And I just brought up an Arizona state team who beat fucking Washington. I don't know what they were ranked at the time, but it, this, this conference is so fucked up. I'm saying one of those teams you don't like to play, especially in the Valley. Yeah. That Arizona heat. (laughs) The Valley at night. I don't know. It's just not a fun place to play. I feel like it's just the Pac-12 does this to themselves every freaking year that we try to talk ourselves into them making the playoffs. They lose to these shitty teams, and they don't can't. It's not cannibalism. It's not like the top, the forehead monsters, five, six, whatever you want to say, beat each other. It's these goddamn pests at the bottom that beat them, and then they completely ruin their seasons. Like, it's crazy because people already don't give the Pac-12 respect because you don't watch them enough. That's a big thing that people say, like, you don't watch them, you don't watch them. That's why you're not going to put vote for them. Well, don't lose to Arizona or Arizona State in a random Saturday, like, or Friday night. Like, that's literally the reason. Win all your games that you should, maybe lose a few or maybe one good one. But it's just that every year the Pac-12 does this, and I guarantee uh, they probably will do it again. You're going to – Everyone's going to talk about talk themselves into Washington, talk yourselves into Oregon, talk yourselves into USC, and fucking one of these Arizona State, Colorado, Stanford, any of these teams are going to Not beat Stanford. them. Stanford's worst team, like in college football. It won't happen to Stanford, but one of these games will. Yeah, I just, I just like saying it. I'm just like, it's someone's going to beat them. It's going to be like, God damn it, our season is ruined because of these pests at the bottom. No. This is going to be funny watching them. Because you have a 33 year old head coach with 30 transfers coming in yep. and three quarterbacks to choose from. Yep. Yeah. It's just going to be a fucking mess of who's playing. That literally, that might be the biggest mess of a. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're a young coach. You have a bunch of new guys that have never played with each other. And you don't even have a quarterback. You don't even have a quarterback right now. 
Like they say, you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You have three. You don't have anything. I'm not. So saying that's going to be interesting. Good. They're just one of those scrappy teams, you know. They're young, energetic. I'm, I mean, they're not going to be good, but they could pull off an upset. It's they're going to be. They're going to be fun. They're going to be flying around, and there's a. Re- I mean, if you really think about it, three quarterbacks, two of them transferred in. One, well, one transferred. One is a five star. They went there for a reason. I all think they have the job. They probably like it there. They probably like the coach. So, thirty transfers. They probably also feel the same. So, it's going to be. And I heard Fun. I heard that uh, Arizona and like that Southern California like region, huge for fucking pro or, uh, you know prospects whatever. And they're oh, absolutely and, yeah. like apparently like I was listening to a podcast earlier today about it. They're like we don't understand how Arizona and Arizona State have not been able to build like a program that's worth a shit just because of the amount of talent they have just in their pipeline. But I mean, if you get the right coaches, like like they think they do now, I mean, shit, who knows? Right, absolutely. Uh, and then we have Colorado. So I think it's fifty-two new players on this team. Um, all all new coordinators. Deion Sanders first go. Uh, the win totals at what is it three? I mean, for a reason. I think three and a half. I have a ton of faith in Dion that he'll be able to build like a great fucking program there. Just not this year. I mean, I could, I wrote down like a page full of notes about Colorado. I don't think it's worth my time though. Cause I think maybe next year, year down the road from that, that's when we can really get into Colorado. But I mean, I'm just going to listen to Vegas here. I think it's I think it's one of those teams where you're either all in on Colorado, like they're winning over three games, apps or three and a half games for sure. It's Dion, they have Shador Sanders, they got Travis Hunter, they get all these transfers, they got they're getting all these guys, or you're just like, no, not this year, they're done. Just chalk it up as a rebuilding year, get their feet under them. I don't think there's really an in between you can really go with. I'm kind of on your side. I don't think it's gonna be too special. Maybe they pull out four wins. I don't think it's going to happen. Still Colorado, they won one game last year. Deion's building something. You got to give him time to build it. You can't just build it in a year, especially at a team that won one game. You see coaches come in. Like TCU last year, like, they came in and really did something. But TCU, it's not Colorado that won one and 11. So I think you got to think about it, the conference they're in too. So I'm excited for Colorado, like the future of Dion and everything, but – Right now, it's just like you just gotta wait, and I'm fine with that. This conference is just too good right now to really. Don't you think too though? Like, these teams, these teams, they're gonna see Colorado on the schedule, and they're gonna be like, "Let's put these guys in their place, like show them what they're all about." They're 100%. leaving. They're leaving our conference. Like Dion thinks he can just build Rome in a day, and like, I think teams are gonna be way more fired up to play Colorado than they will be like at California. I don't know, Dan. Lane Absolutely, didn't really care too much about. Colorado leaving. Yeah. If you yeah, saw that today. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He didn't hold back really. But it's <laughs> it's a tough place to play. Colorado's not easy to play at. So that that might give him a couple advantages. I mean, we'll see. The elevation. Yeah, it's it, it like Logan just said, is that elevation? Like that's the thing, especially college kids. Like you're the last thing on your mind is the elevation. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting, but we'll see what happens. I am one of them over betters. Actually, because I want to see – because four wins, one of the greatest turnarounds in college football, if they have four wins, because 
you'd think like, okay, non-conference schedule, they have an easy one to start, get three wins, all they need is one, and they cover that. But TCU and Nebraska are the teams they get. Nebraska isn't great recently, but new coach, new everything, never know. And then TCU is already favored 20 points in that first game. It's at TCU. They get Nebraska at home, though, which helps. But Oregon on the road, USC doesn't matter. USC is going to fucking stomp them. Um, they have UCLA on the road. They have Utah on the road. Like these are all automatic losses. If you could have, they might be able to like an upset in there somewhere maybe, but they have probably the best athlete, like overall offense and defense player with Travis Hunter. Like he is probably going to be one of the, has a great chance to be one of the best prospects going to the NFL, yeah, but he's still ways. young. Yeah. He's playing both ways. And they said he can probably play both ways, even in the NFL. I love him just because it's Dion. I love Dion and I love Shador and all them and Travis Hunter. You but mean Coach Prime? It, Coach Prime. But it's like if they had just an easier non-conference, then the lock it would be a lock for their over. But they just don't have that. Yeah, and we and going on. I'm I'm going to do this for you, Joey. Who cares about Stanford? Let's just get on with the. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stanford's the worst team in college football this year, so don't worry about them. But uh. One more thing about Colorado. I have a fucking bone to pick. Louisville with Jeff Brom, they're fourth in their fucking conference to win, and they did exactly what Colorado did this year. Um, Colorado, though, they, had, they got in the transfer portal, one five-star, five four-stars, and 44 threes, when Louisville got four four-stars and 21 three-stars. And I don't know why, though, everybody's fucking just loving Jeff Brom, like thinking he's going to completely turn around Louisville. When he did the same, like, damn near the same thing fucking Dion did this year. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't fucking get it. But, um, but yeah, the awards. Let's see. I mean, I, I did this, like, way too early. And if I could redo it, I would. But Washington, they're one of my teams. I drafted them this year. Um, I'm going clean sweep. I'm going uh, DeBoer. Um, fucking... God damn it, Penix and uh, Washington when the when the Pac twelve. Um, I don't want to go chalk from you. Go chalk. I think USC wins it. I think they're just yeah. better, more talented than everyone. Better coached. Value pick. I take Oregon State like as a betting man. But if you were just picking with everyone's the same odds, I'm taking USC. USC, I think, is probably the only right answer in my eyes. I don't see them losing this conference at all. Then uh, coach of the year, um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to Boer. I want to go Lincoln Riley, but I think what are the odds he really wins again? You know what I mean? I mean, if um, playoff. I guess if I guess you're right. If they make the playoffs, there's a chance like he does win it just because like that's per first team from the Pac-12 that's won in like a while. But I don't really see it so. I'm going to go Oregon State's football coach, and I'm going to go Jonathan Smith because I feel like they can win the conference. I really, I really think like they have a chance. Not that they can win, but I think that's the long shot to win. So I think if they can be up there again, why not? Why not have them win? Uh, yeah, it's Lincoln Riley, and then it's Caleb Williams. Yeah. Clean sweep with USC. I did think about um, – what's Utah's coach's name? Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. yeah but they- 
in a row. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they win it the third year in a row, kind of gotta give it. To but him. if he doesn't win, he can't win. That's why I don't want it. That's why I'm not taking him. Dan Lanning's not a bad option though. Who's your player, Luke? Bonex. Oh shit! Yeah, give me Bonex. Yeah. I'm going three different teams, but I don't care. Jake, you got predictions? Easy. Uh I mean it's a toss up for the winner. I feel like. For the most part, whoever wins the Pac-12, that's coach of the year. The only coach I could see that not being is Jonathan, is Jonathan Smith. If he pulls out like a, an 11-win season, even if they don't win the championship. And then, I mean, I'd just ride with Bo Nix. Oh, yeah. Got to ride with my dogs. Yeah. Uh, I'm riding with both the wheels fall off. Quick hypothetical, though. Let's say fucking Lincoln Riley does go to the college football playoff, but Dion makes a bowl game. Dion wins coach of the year, right? Yeah, probably. Or, Has to. Yeah, I mean, that would be fucking unreal, but... Here's the thing. Like, Dion coach of the year, if we're, like, thinking about it, if he wins six games and, like, they beat one of these good teams, like a, like a USC, an Oregon, uh, Washington, Well, even, like, a TCU Utah, Nebraska. Even if they win one of those games early and they get six, seven wins, there's no reason he shouldn't win it. Yeah, that would be fucking unbelievable. Especially if you like, they knock off one of those top three teams in, their, in that conference, and those top three teams are the reason they don't make the playoffs. The reason they don't get a really uh, the the Pac-12 championship is because or Colorado beat them, and they end with six, seven wins. Yeah, hundred percent. Dion wins. All right. Well, I mean, anything else on the Pac-12? I don't think so, but I'm really excited to watch this conference. Hey, they're gonna just these like it's. They're going to end it out on a bang. Like, I know all, everybody's going to different conferences for the most part. Like, at least we're going to get some great fucking football. I can't wait for Saturdays when I'm so banged up and I can look forward to, like, a fucking Oregon versus Washington game and just, you know, place some money on it and, like I said, just get banged up with the boys, watch a great football game. It's going to be so much fun, yeah. It's going to be really late. At the bar, maybe not even at the bar, maybe sit at home, maybe watch it, get banged up, and just – they play Friday nights every once in a while, which is awesome. Great. Little pre, little uh, preview for the Saturday. Might not go out. Might just sit at home, watch that, get banged up there, then go get ready for game day the next day. So, yeah, I like the, I like the Pac-12. It just sucks they're actually that late, but How they're on by themselves. How many college football game game days do you think they get with all these matchups they got? I heard that so the week six or seven is like Oregon, Washington, they'll get that one. Colorado um, there's and, another uh, one. Colorado already has Nebraska. One in, uh, yeah, I think so. Nebraska might get week two. I think there's I don't know, but yeah, Jake, that's a good question. They might get three, four, honestly. It's like that they're that they're gonna be that like there's I mean, it's going to be tough to try that. I'd say three is like the most you could get. Uh, USC, Notre Dame. Yep, that's a possibility. You probably get a, like I said, Oregon, Washington. Oregon, I don't know. USC I, has some potential unless like there's a crazy SEC yep. matchup that week. Yeah, it just depends. It not depends on that matchup. It depends on what the SEC matchups yeah. are. Like, let's be honest. It's SEC is going to get it over. SEC. And even like a Big Ten, just because it's like, but the Big Ten is very limited. It's like there's three teams that could get it. So, yeah, I definitely think Pac-12 might have the most uh, outside the SEC probably. Yeah, well, um, 
Yeah, I mean, Jake, thank you so much for coming on. I know that ran long, but these teams, they, there's a lot to say about There's them. a lot I to mean, talk about. I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out Chad's Pizza. You guys are the fucking best. But um, thank you so much for listening. And as always, take it easy. Take it hard. This kid is a gamer. He's a follower. He's a playmaker. And a shot caller. In case you didn't know, I got T-Bowed. He shattered the mold. And all he does is win. All, all, all he does is win games. I got T-Bowed. He shattered the mold. And all he does is win. All, 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 he, all he does is unleash. So T-Bowed, let him go. It's time. You're an illusion. Let him play. Let him play. play on Sunday. Unleash. So T-Bowed, let him go. It's time. You're an illusion. Let him play. I'm going to church Sunday. Run, pass, option. I think that's my game. I guarantee you that. I'm no John Elway. He's rewriting the book. Weekend and weekend. He's a unique football player. That's what Tim Tebow's all about. He's a gamer. He's a baller. Playmaker. Shot caller. He's a gamer. He's a baller. Playmaker. Shot caller. Unleash Tim Tebow. Let him go. It's time. Turn him loose. Let him play. Let him play. play. On Sunday. And all he does is win. All, all, all he does is win. One more game. One more win. All, all, all he does is win games.